Welcome everyone to the Evermoral Podcast. I'm Jessica and I'll be your dungeon master for today's presentation. We're a group of casual gamers who tend to emphasize the role-playing aspect of D&D. This episode is a release of our longest running campaign. So if you have not actually listened to the prologue, I would recommend it as you're going to find yourself a bit lost if you don't get a bit of the backstory. Also, this was our very first recording, so I do apologize for any weird audio levels or um, sounds because it was the first time we were learning how to edit podcast format. So I do apologize for that. It does get better as it goes along. So that would be it. All right. So let's get into the actual story of Avernus and our party's uh, determination to save Altriel from hell itself. After all this info, you have been told to go to Oriana's tower so Vera will be bringing you guys there when you are ready. She had offered uh, boarding for you guys if you want to spend the night and you guys went off to pick up supplies for your trip to Avernus. As you guys all slowly awake in the morning, I assume the typical Bastilar went out and got um, some breakfast for everyone because he's used to playing hostess or host. Yeah. Hostess. <laughs> you know, he puts on his wig and his dress. <laughs> If that's how, if he can, if he can know where's to, if he can know where to acquire food, definitely. Oh yes, it's quite easy to find food. Um, you you have a a suspicion because you're used to these types of curious and curious research types that uh, a lot of them don't like cooking. So um, having a food stand in Candlekeep is actually very popular because they could you know research instead of cook. So you're able okay. to find a stand that was selling some fresh break bre baked bread, some sweetened bread, um, some not so sweet bread. There was like lovely croissants and pastries. There's a stall nearby that's selling some eggs, another one that's selling some bacon, which you can smell the, the smell of bacon in the air. There are some places that are selling different types of breakfast items from all sorts of areas of the world. And there's also a place that's selling nice, delicious morning coffee. He'll spend about eight silvers worth just getting a variety of food. Create a nice little breakfast feast for everyone. Yeah, and just one pastry that'll go to Keithra. He'll oh. say hi to Steve, who's flying by with a dead pigeon in his mouth. Yep, <laughs> uh, Steve's uh, currently um, carrying his breakfast and kind of stops to look at Bastilar as if he expects more food. <laughs> just walks inside. So we'll Steve will remember this. It's not my cat. <laughs> oh. So while Bastilar was out, uh, Keithra did her morning routine, made herself pretty and that, got Bastilar's little gift on the nightstand, tied it with a blue ribbon, read on now, paper, Bastilar. Just before you continue there, I just want to quickly describe, you guys are all kind of sharing one big common room with bunk beds. So just keep that in mind. Well, then it's on his pillow. Since Mzell was going to be a student for Silvara, wouldn't she have her own uh, room? No, because Silvara would have told you you need to get to know this party that you're about to adventure to hell with. <laughs> you just been saddled with strangers. <laughs> so no. what, uh, Mzell's going to try her best to mostly keep to herself. <laughs> She's gonna get herself ready, you know, 
you have a feeling after talking to Silvera the night um, when she told you that you're going to spend the same common room with them. You have a feeling that her plan was for you to spend the, your nights in the common room. Silvera's tower is big enough to accommodate one person. Her issue is she's got to spend with <laughs> not wizards. Well, you're looking you have those who practice the other magical arts. So, Keithra is uh, apparently the second one to wake, who, um, which is funny, because when Keithra wakes, there's Dore just sitting there. Um, Morning. You're up early. Um, you know what they say about paladins and getting up early. Rise with the dawn, I guess? Sure, we'll say that. Hmm. Might be a bit of a weird question, right? But when elves meditate, do they just, do they do it like as if they were sleeping, or do they just sit, or do they stand? Does it matter? Is it just like <laughs> a meditation? It depends on the elf, I find, when I read some information on that. So, if she wanted to lay down and relax, um, you can, or if you want to meditate in a corner, you can. It's whatever you decide. Meditating is, is probably... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. You were going to say? I was just saying, meditating is basically very much like sleeping to the point where you you can dream. Yeah. So you can either sit and just focus or you can lay down and just be relaxed. It's, yeah, it's up to whatever you think Xerna's more likely to do. Yep, it's up to the elf, basically. She's probably more of a sit-in-the-chair kind of person. <laughs> oh, um, so Keithra, you also see uh, a Xerneth on the other side of the room. Well, at least she kind of gets that's kind of normal but she's kind of been slightly suspicious of Dore because it's like did you sleep at all you'd been taking the the watch a lot <laughs> but you know she's not gonna pry to Dore um I keep, I keep watch that's what I do Rhea herself um is basically practically hanging off her bed her blankets thrown around her hair a mess just doing the small quiet sounds of small snores oh she had a long day yesterday taught her how to smite oh so she's training under you to take the paladin path not quite she's following her own path but there are things i can show her hmm well that's exciting <laughs> i remember uh my first time using any kind of magic uh i pretty much slept the rest of the, the rest of the next day it can be tiring the first time Keithra approaches where Bodynock is sleeping. Puts she'd the find him. She'd find him sitting up, legs crossed, his war, his uh, magic weapon across his lap, and he's in a state of meditation, getting it all for the day. Where's the shield? <laughs> yeah. Behind him. Mm. Keithra, you hear a lovely voice in your head, like silk. Good morning. Oh, um, good morning. I assume you don't sleep, but if you do, uh, sleep well. Well, it depends what you would consider sleep. Being an eternal prison is not always pleasant. I see. Good morning, anyway. Ah, good morning as well to you, young tiefling. So basically, Keithra's gonna tie a little ribbon on the statuette with uh, Bodynock's name. To Bodynock, from your Keithra. Puts down to remember Steve by. So when he wakes up, when he gets out of his meditated state of learning his spells in front of him. The little statuette. Yeah, I can picture Steve flying up to the window, just landing there, his mouth covered in blood. <laughs> Staring in through the window. <laughs> exactly. Unblinking. As if to say, how dare you replace me? <laughs> <laughs> it's 
this is when body knock arrives you guys all smell the delicious smell of food you now, mean bacillar bacillar sorry not body knock um imso before bacillar arrives did you want to say you're still sleeping or did you wake up she woken up pretty early uh given her the fact that she was at a wizard school this is very normal for her ah so you are probably meditating setting spells for the day as well yes going over the notes she wrote in her notebook all are distracted as the smell of many delicious foods drift into the room as Bastilar walks in with a feast. Oh, Bastilar, let me help you with that. Certainly. The plate closest to you is actually for you. Oh. He'll indicate the one with the only one with the pastry on it. I also have a thing for you. It's on your pillow. I'll go take a look as soon as I get this down. <laughs> So he just sets the this big tray down on the nearby table, picks up little, one little mug of coffee, puts it on Rhea's nightstand where she's asleep, <laughs> and then just takes some bacon and goes over to his bed where he finds the magnifying glass. Rokithra, <laughs> you didn't have to get this for me. Yes, I did. Hush, you spend enough on me. Well, it's only natural the last potion you used was try drowning me when I was already unconscious. Well, I can't heal. I'm sorry. I lack that ability. And I panicked. You were dying. You hear a Check snicker from the corner of the room. And he just puts the magnifying glass into his utility belt. Was that when we met? Mm, no. Or was there another time where that happened? Uh, that one. Samodore. The puzzle box. I do remember that one. Um, the other time was... The florist? N no, the old florist. Woman. She was yeah. clearly a florist. Uh, yes, sure. The bloody florist. <laughs> the uh, conversation as you guys are all eating delicious meals. Everything is freshly cooked and brought in by farms nearby. Um, you hear a loud thump as Rhea hit her head on the top of the bunk. Ooh. And kind of curse under her breath. Are you alright, Raya? Yeah, yeah. Giving oh. her usual I hate mornings look and notices the coffee and drinks it very graciously. Solar <laughs> <laughs> just kind of offers a salute with a piece of bacon. <laughs> Who offered the salute, sorry? Uh, Bastilar, because he brought it. Oh, Raya will take the bacon and nod. <sighs> She will groggily join you guys um, in eating. Is Imso joining the crowd? She is, but she's going to sit kind of further away from everyone else and just kind of, again, take the food, keep to herself, and just look through the notes she made in her spell book and go over her spells and just eat in silence. We don't bite, you know, Zernith winks. <laughs> well, I sure hope not. She says looking up and just then looking back down. That gets a snicker from Zernith. Oh yeah, I could totally do that. Holy smite with a bite. Holy bite. <laughs> I mean, what if the creature has like armor, natural armored plating? Wouldn't that hurt your teeth? Yes. Yes, it would. Which, um, by the way, if anyone tries to converse with Raya in the morning, she'll grumble and give <laughs> sort of some answers, but it's really hard for you to make out what she's saying. So as Keith is eating the pastry, she's just like, so like it's so good. You can just see the pure joy on her face. Her her 
tail kind of does like almost like a heart shape waving back and forth like she's just so happy with this pastry <laughs> so you feel a slight pull at your clothes from below as you're eating your pastry look down Steve looks up <sighs> <laughs> takes a pee can you have this body knocked his trucks I don't know what you feed cats other than mice and can you Steve, ask? Is your mouth covered in blood? Oh yeah, I don't have the ring anymore. Um, yes. By the way, Steve's uh, entire face is showing a little bit of blood from his kill. Can you feed? Will it be bad if I give him a piece? Probably not good for his long-term health. It's good for his short-term happiness. He continues to paw at your clothes. <sighs> Fine. Just, I hope this doesn't make you sick. Gets a piece, but like, a pastry with trying to get as less sugar and stuff on it as she can and put it down for him. He looks at it, sniffs it, licks it, snuffs his head at it, walks away. Really? <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> and goes to the corner, jumping on Body Knock's bed, curling up and cleaning his mouth. <sighs> okay. Anyone close by to Steve can almost hear the purrs. Oh. Well, that was a waste. But I guess he was happy a little bit. Uh, body knock? Yes, ma'am. That's for you. Pointing to the statuette. Oh, uh, he just walks up and picks up. Where'd she get this from? Our adventure. Uh, it looks like Steve. And since we can't bring Steve, I thought it a memento to remember Steve. Oh, that's very thoughtful of you, Keithra. Well, since you helped me, I thought... Oh, it'd be nice to give you something in return. He picks up, he looks at it. He kind of looks at you, kind of smiles. I appreciate that. Looks like I'll have a little version of you where I'm, wherever I go. Steve looks up and kind of like does a slow blink with his eyes and then continues licking. He looks back at the party. How to get that ring back. Hmm. Not. <laughs> it'd be easier to understand what he wants. Cats aren't too hard yet. <laughs> have Steve you owned a cat? Oh, yes. Have you have owned a cat before, right? Yeah. I had a happy, functioning home life for quite a while. Freya looks up, seeming much more awake now. So we're doing this, aren't we? No. Uh, I was always doing this. Is everyone ready? Well, as ready as we can be. Well, I think we should maybe prepare a little bit more. In what as way? As Catherine starts, she kind of made a little list of like, do we need this? Well... Do we have everything we need? Should we make a list? Like a better list? I mean... Keith, are you the type of person who goes on vacation with 54 bags? I've never been on a vacation. I've really never traveled outside of Boulder's Gate. This is my first time actually traveling. Um, I do have to note, we're probably unable to bring the horse and carts. Uh, Rail looks at Basilar. Did we figure out what to do with them? We definitely did not do anything of the sort. Maybe Silvera will look after them for us? Certainly do, an option. Do they return to sender? Like, uh, do the horses go back to... <laughs> Rhea looks at Keithra, like, eyes wide with horror. Why would you send a horse in the wild like that? You, you could send a letter back to Baldur's Gate, to the Flaming Fist. Yes, the we'll do that. Will... Oh, the horses are valuable enough. 
Should we survive, we could probably use the horses and carts to return to... If Silvira's going to wash them for us, then I suppose we should just leave them here. You're right, that's a better option. Oh, if she's we, going to watch it, we... If Rhea we survive, looks... we will probably have the means to traverse planes of existence. I don't think travel's going to be an issue. Hmm. Apparently we're going to meet someone who can traverse planes of existence. Rhea kind of looks at Imsol in the corner. Is that something that you could do, Imsol? Traverse the planes of existence? Uh, yes. My specialty in magic is, evoca is, is evocation. That mostly with like the elements and stuff that doesn't require that doesn't have anything to do with traversing existence well, if you do well, it with a fireball it means you've done it wrong right kind of leans over to dore dore and whispers <clears throat> so she's not strong enough yet oh no not by half D do i hear that can i pick up on hearing that <laughs> um it was a whisper and you're on the other side of the room so we could um let me see Rhea's stealth roll. Imagine it's as good as Dory's. <laughs> What's your passive perception? Twelve. Oh yeah, you definitely heard it. Apparently Rhea does not know how to stealth talk. Still groggy. <laughs> Just because I can't pass the travel of planes of existence doesn't mean I'm not strong enough. Oh, um, Rhea kind of looks a little off guard. I didn't mean offense by it. I don't understand magic. I wanted to make sure if it meant you had to be very knowledgeable and experienced to learn stuff like that. A lot to learn, but my specialty is involves the element. I will show you an example. Uh, so uh, what she does is, uh, since light is an evocation cantrip, uh, she ca I'll cast the light cantrip and then I will touch the fork on the table. I'll pick up the fork on the table, cast light in my left hand, and touch the top of the fork, causing the fork to have now a light on. Uh, Raya! Did you, Did you toss coins? Raya kind of like, um, oh, oh, when oh. you were casting it, Raya was already getting up, getting her armor on. <laughs> uh, no one appreciates magic. Shen does the light cantrip. <laughs> Keithra suddenly summons a floating hand. To do the thumbs up, and then she does minor illusion to like sparkles behind it. Good job. Oh, are you a wizard as well, then? Oh no, not a wizard. I guess so. What would be definish band by blade? Once Rhea gets her armor on, she she starts putting like um like pouches down and grabbing the leftover items and wrapping them. For the food. Just to clarify, when she says, so are you a wizard then, it's said very sarcastically. Yeah. No, not a wizard. I don't have to memorize my spells. <laughs> um, Bastelar. You sell your soul to Weave some demon overlord then? Which is just as good. It's complicated. I'm sure it is. As they're having their conversation, Rhea oh. ends up handing <laughs> you bundles of wrapped up leftover foods. We were taught how to create rations out of leftover foods in the, um, the Hellriders training. It's an invaluable skill. It was quite interesting too, because you guys could see she was sprinkling some uh, spices on it. Anyone who is more of a gourmet would recognize that it was mostly salt. Well, I don't mean to... a bag of holding and just kind of puts them in the same 
general vicinity as the other one. Closes it, puts it over his shoulder. It looks like, uh, are we all ready to go speak to this Oriana? Uh, not done on the whole uh, memorizing spells. I'll have you know, it takes a lot of skill to be able to memorize as many spells as I have. Mm. Star looks down at his half-sentient robot dog dragon, then looks back at Imzel. Yes, of course. Magic is very complicated. Yes. Bastilar built his uh, his robotic uh, dog. Sure does look built by somebody. Yeah. He used his magic to build it. Can you do that? Oh my Can god. Can you build a sentient dog out of no. metal? Zerna stands up very loudly. <laughs> Oh, but I can set you on. I can set you on fire. Would you like me to test it out? I think we want to get going. You guys <laughs> all absurdly hear loudly. A voice in your head, as smooth as silk, as Gorgoth goes. Yes. Tell me how you guys differ in power. <laughs> Why don't we talk about this on the way? Zrinith <laughs> just kind of claps her hands excitedly. Agree. Yeah. I don't want to waste any more time talking to. She just had this situation. Hmm. Maybe you should put a silence charm permanently on your mouth. So we can never hear you talk again. Paladinos, 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 Paladinos. Okay, everybody, oh, you... let, let, let's not fight. She starts leaving the room. <laughs> so, <laughs> walking um, out. Rhea follows quickly, too. <laughs> so, uh, you guys walk your way to Silvera's tower. Savera is all dressed as if she woke up as early as some of you did. Um, she is currently sipping a cup of tea while reading a book and looks up at you all. Oh, Ibsal's gonna quickly clap back to what uh, Keithra said. You know, the one good thing about an ice knife is that it melts after, someone's, after you're stabbed in the back with it, so there wouldn't be any witnesses. I'm sure you can do that. Oh, can't you? Bastilar stands between them. It starts directing Keithra out of the room. Mm. Keithra still has her mage hand up, so she takes the middle finger as she leaves. <laughs> mage hand. So, uh, yeah. um, so I was gonna do the Italian one, you know, with the hand going up from the chin. So, so gonna walk very confidently up ahead and just go in front of everybody else. Very and kind just of like, want. sees Imso and then everyone else coming in and kind of goes. I assume you're all ready. Yes, and ready as will ever be. Question: Do you have any other potential apprentices that would like go to hell instead of the one we are with? Just saying. Just asking. <clears throat> Raya kind of goes in front of <laughs> Keithra. Ignore that. We are fine with him. So it kind of like gently shoves uh, Keithra towards Bastilar. Like, stop her. <laughs> Keithra kind of like arms crossed, tails swishing. She's kind of annoying, kind of look. <laughs> like Rhea kind of like gives a plain look to Dore to like help me savage the situation. <laughs> uh, no, this is good. This is this is, this is, this fine. is great. Yeah. So Vera looks and takes the wise choice to ignore that comment. Why don't you come with me? Silvera ushers you all to a crescent-shaped landing platform with stunning view of the sea. The waves are crashing against the rocks and the smell of salt is strong here. Waiting for you atop this platform are several griffins with saddles. 
their handlers standing nearby to help you. The Griffins have instructions to fly you to Oriana's tower. Don't worry, it's safe. Does everyone get their own Griffin? Yes. Damsel is now super kind of changed. She is just like, oh, they're beautiful. The great mighty beasts flap their wings and lower themselves to the ground as you each get on them. I pet pet mine on the head first. The handler would gently show you how to pet the griffin to not spook it, because they do have their own trainers. Respectfully be guided on how to give the griffin a good pet. Question. How strong is a griffin? Very good question. Because we have a robot dog. Yes. How much does a robot dog weigh? I'm not sure. It's in his stat block. Griffins are as strong as Dory. Dory, hold. <laughs> a robot dog. <laughs> uh, capacity is strength score multiplied by 15. So both Dory and the Griffins can carry 270 pounds. And how much does... It's not listed in the stat block, but an iron defender instead of a steel defender weighs about 220 pounds. So a griffin should be able to carry it in his claws. So maybe. so body knock on the back and Ozondor in the claws. His body okay, knock good. light. Exactly. Well, the other option is if the griffin couldn't carry, Keither could make it fly. For an hour. For an hour. All right. Bastelar so- also takes note of the griffin anatomy around the wings and takes that in note <laughs> for later. So, Imagine Dory and Rhea look very comfortable in the saddle. Even oh yeah, they're, even as is they they're kind of used to uh, riding horses and griffins and. Kither's gonna be like kind of unsure. <laughs> and is also very comfortable in the griffin on the griffin. How about you, Sarnath? Good question. Be reasonably comfortable. Right. So as you guys do things, go on the griffin. Um, Steve is standing there beside Silvera, giving a very sad look to Bodynock. Don't worry, buddy. I'll see you again soon. And does the slow blink at uh, Bodynock again. He does it right back, though he's completely oblivious to what it means. (laughs) (laughs) So the griffins take flight and head out to sea, flying just below the clouds. Candlekeep looks no less majestic from the air, but grows smaller as the griffins soar westward. Large, rocky islands pass below you, and beyond them lies the open sea. An hour had passed, and as you fly over the crashing waves, the sun is setting a lovely orange glow across the landscape around you. Rhea can be heard taking a deep breath inward, as if she was trying to enjoy the cool, crisp ocean air. Anyone close by to hear could hear her whisper as she says, Altriel, here we come. Does any of your guys' characters make a mention on the journey? I am going to give a, a good old-fashioned yeehaw. <laughs> well, Keithra at the start, she was nervous in the thing. Going on the griffin, like holding on, eyes closed. It's like, because this is the first time flying, but then she like slowly opened her eye. Okay, this is okay. We're not, we're not falling. This is good. And then she's like, yeah, I like this. This is fun. I like this. <laughs> uh, now this is the reason why I went out adventuring in the first place. Specifically this? How do you feel right now? I feel remarkably alive. Exactly. That feeling. 
nothing can take away that feeling. Emsel's being surprisingly nice. She still has her like attitude and all that stuff, but that what she says is very like with no malice behind it. Oh, it's nothing except the trip to hell. Sirens <laughs> just kind of shrugs. When Dore mentions never feeling more alive, both Bodynock and Bastilar both look at him. So, after a long journey, you all eventually see a windowless, doorless stone tower, which somehow floats in the sky ahead. The griffins pass through the jagged holes, ridding the tower's conical peak to land on the top floor below, which has a spiral staircase leading down into the tower. Seems like a bit of a shame to be in the sky and have no windows. Uh, less visitors? Fewer visitors? You know, build a tower in the sky if you want company, I think. Yeah, but you'd figure the sky would take care of that. <laughs> just <laughs> chuckles. Uh -huh. Wizards are their own form of eccentric. It's part of their charm. Makes no comments about that. Did we land? Yes, they have landed, and there are stairs to lead down that enter tower. How no, I long just switched... were we flying? Uh, it was only a few hours. Oh, I thought you said there was a sunset. Uh, no, it was just a little orangey glow because the sun was uh like was afternoon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so do we I... check in? Do the Griffins find their own way home? I imagine they've he... been trained for this. I would. You guys dismount it. the Griffins? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So as you dismount the Griffins, you notice that they go towards a little um, area that has some water for them to drink. So they lay, they drink some water, and they seem to lay down into this area to rest. <laughs> you have a feeling this is a trip they take often. Emsel's gonna give one more last pet to her griffin before she goes. <sighs> Kithra is going to take a deep breath and approach himself. Bastelar would probably stop this if he wasn't currently casting Mending on the little claw marks on Ozondor. Mm hmm? I want to apologize for earlier. I'm sorry for my words and my actions. Not. Hmm. Well, all right. Okay. Do you guys descend into the tower? No. Nope. Seems like a pretty thing. Nope. Okay. <laughs> well, they're having their conversation. It's up to you guys what you want to do. Is this just gonna like look at them and then just walk ahead? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not, not my not my horse, not my rodeo. Rhea's gonna probably follow Dore. <sighs> but there's a little smirk on Zerna's face. She goes, "You know what? No." If anyone is listening closely, they swear they could hear the distant laughter of a Gorgoth. You know what? No, nope. Walking away, being the better person. Imso, you hear Gorgoth's nice, gentle, um, nice, sexy, silky voice. As he says in your mind, ooh, I like Kitha's <laughs> gonna walk up to Bastelar. Mm. How's Osandar? That looks up. Doing quite well, actually. There's a few scratches left by the Griffin's claws, but they're quick enough to deal with. It's the... gonna take a lot to earn himself's respect. No reaction to Gorgoth talking to her? It's a voice in her, her head. Yeah. It's the shield. It's yeah. the voice of the shield. Yeah. Victor, from uh, last session, the pit fiend uh, demigod yeah, that's it, trapped in the shield just yeah. spoke to. Yeah, you didn't say anything to Gorgoth speaking to you. Emsel's just gonna kind of ignore it. She doesn't care what a demon thinks of her. Well, 
continue being like that and she like create them. more chaos for this party and you may become my most favorite follower yet to come. It's a lot to earn my respect, Demon. I'm not out to do mm. to bring chaos to the group. I just don't- well, I just need people. You seem like you already are, young one. Well, whatever happens, happens. <sighs> you definitely will not survive Avernus. Watch me. Now she's getting- Well, if you're not going to bother to make friends with the people that could help you out of issues, then you definitely will not survive. That's the one funny thing about demons. They don't understand how humans interact. Now be silent. I don't even think you understand how humans interact. <laughs> and the last thing Imsil hears is demonic laughter as his voice stops. And as Body Knock heads down the stairs. Yep. Imsil's gonna also now head towards the staircase. One level down, you all see a cluttered chamber illuminated by various objects upon which continual flame spells have been cast. Scurrying around the room, is a young human girl with glasses and orange-red hair. She mutters to herself in common, mentioning something about a tuning fork. Suddenly, she takes notice of you and says, Uh, oh, uh, and kind of nervously looks at all of you, runs off to the other room in a dash, shouting, Lulu, they are here! Oh man, we get to meet the Devil Slayer. At the sound of her name, a small elephant with golden fur appears from under a pile of blankets near a table strewn with alchemical equipment. The elephant takes the air on feathery wings and lets out a pleasing trumpet sound and seems to sky dance around you. Everyone could hear in their minds a soft, cheerful, melodolic voice say, You're here. Welcome, the Resolute. Silvera had said to us word. How is she doing? Staring unblinkingly. Whoa. She's, uh, quick question. This is a wizard, right, that we're talking to? Oriana is. Yeah, Oriana left the room when she saw you guys. Lil Lulu is the one that... Oh my gosh, you are adorable. She's doing fantastic. She's doing very well. Or I should say, she's doing very well. Really? She is such a great friend of mine. Yes, so she has told us. I am Imsel. My name is Imsel Mernikara. I'm her most recent apprentice. It is really nice to meet you, Imsel. I am Lulu, Holophant. It's so cute. I wasn't aware Holophants could speak common. Oh, we can speak all sorts of languages. Incredibly fascinating. I just want to notice, say that like anytime she's talking with another wizard or someone that's familiar with a wizard, her whole demeanor changes and she becomes like, you know, nice. I have heard that you guys have done many things in Boulder's Gate. Yes, um, we actually played a fairly large role in keeping it from being dragged into Avernus. Unfortunately, Altriel did not have the same heroes as such as you all. Well, uh, that's what second chances are for. Yes, and I am coming with you. She kind of like um, does another little dance around the party excitedly. Wait, I've wait, been... you're coming with us willingly? Well, of course. I can help. Down there? Mm-hmm. You're braver than I would have thought, Lulu. Well... Nice to meet you, by the way. I'm Body Knock Gravel and Turn of Baldur's Gate and the Forge Father's name. And he goes on for another about minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> wow, your name is amazing. Thank you. It tells me everything about you. Is all names like that? Well, all gnome names. That is amazing. 
Lulu will dance around Body Knock, you have a feeling this is how Lulu greets people. Adorably. <laughs> I took some notes from Silvera's research uh, about where we're going. I don't know if you want me to show you them over before we leave. No, that is fine. I am sure that we will figure things out together as we go along. Plus, I actually can't really read Common. The only reason you can un hear me is because when I use this ability, I can speak the language that you are most familiar with. Oh, if it were necessary, I would most definitely read over the notes to you. That is fine. Lulu is now looking at other members flying around excitedly, as if she just made a bunch of new friends. <laughs> I'm still just thinking, I'm gonna protect this elephant with my life. Um, I don't mean to be rude, but you are supposed to be a devil slayer? Ah, yes! Um, Lulu, like, tilts, um, her head as if she's thinking for a moment. I was with the angel Zariel when she summoned her army of Hell Riders to attack Avernus. Wait, are you, are you the yellow golden mammoth we've been seeing in Visions? What yellow golden mammoth? I'm a holly Guys, I'm not, I'm not crazy, right? No, Dore, you're not. No. Same suspicion. Oh, I don't know. Well, um, there was a golden mammoth that uh, was a key figure in a shared dream that all of us, except uh, for Zernith and Inzel, had. Uh, it's a remarkable coincidence, actually. Especially since the dream also, we're fairly certain, contained Zariel. Oh, well, if I have such a form, I can assure you I do not remember. I was by Silvera at a portal um, that was to the Nine Hells located in the Fields of the Dead. What of can you remember? I remember being with Zariel. Through the gate we went, tearing through devils like a psalm through air. Victory was within our grasp. Then, then something, something bad happened. And something about a sword. All I know is that I need to find something in Avernus. And that is why I am going to come with you. Was the sword, the sword was mentioned in our previous vision, wasn't it? It was like blown up or something? I thought they gave it to someone to run away with. Maybe. My notes aren't as good as they used to be. Well, Lulu, um, you're welcome to travel with us. It's going to be dangerous, and I'll do my best to protect you. I have my own magic. Um, I think I do. Hmm. Lulu, was it? Yes. Will the... your f other friend who lives here be coming with you, or with us, or is it just you coming with us? Oh, um, Ori, yes. Um, as you can see, this place is kind of a mess. She kind of, like, goes... A hush whisper, even though it's like in your guys's mind. Um, so we need to find that tuning fork for her, so that she could bring us to Avernus. Hmm. She probably introduce ourselves and be good guests as well. Yes. Oh, um, let me get her. She's uh, she's not really good at people. So on the mention of that, Lulu disappears to the next room. Hmm. That was not what I was expecting with a Lulu. Definitely not. Zerith rubs her chin. What would be a Lulu then? I'll sure that starts with an L. Maybe? Probably not a jovial oh, floating elephant. I fully believe that Lulu is the thing that we saw in our visions. 
was too wide. You're a bit smaller than that, wasn't she? Well, maybe she somehow lost her power. Maybe uh, cursed by devils to no longer be a threat. Well, I hope it's not the sword, because apparently that broke in the vision. We're going to have to protect this creature, I think. Uh, well, especially if Lulu can't defend themselves. It's small, maybe it's good at stealth. I think Lulu's, like, not that small. Maybe, like, body knock size? If not, a little bigger. Yeah, because, like, you think baby elephant, right? Exactly. So maybe... Okay, so... Elephants okay, are small, uh... by the way. So, like, body knock size? Yeah, body knock would be considered small. <laughs> yeah, so... about two and a half, three feet. Yeah. So... Okay, but Lulu can fly, so, you know, if the things are getting hairy, we just tell her to go up and hope there's nothing up. Eat her. But what if things are attacking from above as well? I'm gonna burn those bridges when I get there. Okay. What exactly is she going to be doing in hell anyway? She needs to find the sword. Huh. But from what we all ex those of us who had the vision experience, the sword shattered. I'm not sure what good it'll be to build a broken weapon, but it's an option. An angel yeah, I'm not sure my mending cantrip will work on that, but we can always try. Hmm. Okay, so um, we protect Lulu and hope that Lulu doesn't improve glowing beacon. Mm. So, as you guys are chattering around, Oriana comes in with Lulu practically shoving her into the room. Uh, <laughs> hello, uh, the Resolute. Mm. Oh, shucks. I was going to do a thing. Uh, hey? You know what? Do it anyway. Yes, we are. Cast a minor illusion. The Resolutes. And the Resolutes, like, in word form behind everybody. Oh, God. <laughs> Too much? What kind of looking? I need an opinion. Too much? Uh, just a little. All right. Who knows? Maybe it'd be a good intimidation gesture. Mm. The R is for Resolute. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry for uh, running off like that. Um, her eyes widen as she walks up to Dore. Well, 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 aren't you interesting? I've been called worse. My name is Dore. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. And as she walked up to Dore, her eyes catches Ozondar walks up to Ozondar quickly, going around it in circles. Oh my god, this is amazing! The the mechanical work, the magical properties? And how'd Ozondar's you head do just this? spins as she's walking around him. How, how'd you manage to do this? Who did this? Uh, that would be my honey. You need to tell me about that. It would take quite a bit of time, and I don't think we that at the moment. Ah, yes, yes! It's imperative that we go to Avernus. I have been asked to help you along the journey. I am a huge researcher of many things. Mm. I, I did have... have you required our assistance finding a uh, one of your items, yes? Uh, yes. Um, I think I put it down somewhere a long time ago, and I forgot where I put it. Looking around. By the way, it's a. My name is Imzel Mernathara. I'm uh, I'm Sylvana's newest apprentice. Sylvana. She is a great sage, isn't she? I certainly do agree. She's very, very talented. She's told me that you're quite the talent yourself. Uh, she kind of like blushes a little bit, backs away shyly. 
So, uh, tuna you pork. Yes, that, that, that. We need to focus. Mm. Well, shall we all? My specialty is a vocation. May I ask what your specialty is? My specialty? Yes, I'm a, I'm an evocation wizard. Oh, um, I don't know if I have a particular specialty. What would I roll to start searching for the tuning fork? Is it an investigation? Investigation, yes. Yeah. Okay, a roll as well. Oriana, is the tuning fork have magical elements to it? No, it's just a tuning fork. When you click it, it makes a noise. I really like listening to all the different noises it makes. See, I was... So I could use tech magic to, as a way to find it. Oh wait, no, I don't have that prepared. Yeah, actually, I do have that prepared. Cool. <laughs> um, what do you mean by specialty? Mm. Well, the specialty of magic that I prepare is evocation spells. Anything with elemental elements attached to them. Oh, well, I can cast... Hmm, seems to think for a moment. Identify, mage armor, detect magic. Detect thoughts, mirror image, misty step, counter spell, fly, stone skin, sky, sky rain, globe of invulnerability, teleport, and plane shift. Certainly the wide range of spells, that is very impressive. Anyone want Arcana check that? Do I have to? If you want to, yes. Okay, might as well, for funsies. Anyone who casts magic can also do an Arcana check. <laughs> All right. You all kind of picked up on it. Every single spell she listed was in a utility spell. She has no attack spells. Imso, you also pick up on it. Her spells are the equivalent to an 18th level spellcaster. You are staring at an arch <laughs> mage at the young teenage human age. Oh man, it just kind of makes you think, what am I doing with my life, right? <laughs> no, Imso is very <laughs> impressed. This oh. is the type of mage wizard that you picture yourself as but much younger <laughs> those are very impressive spells and for someone as young as yourself that is amazing oh um thank you um she she kind of looks back and forth as if trying to think for a word to say what were we doing again turning fork ori ori looks at lulu Oh, yes, Lulu, you're right, you're right. I need to focus. All right, who rolled the highest investigation Bastelar. Bastelar. Yeah, would be me. Oh, yeah, I'm going to roll investigation, too. All right, wait till you do your roll. Yeah, care for your sheet. I got an 18. Uh, Bastelar is the first one. All right, so Bastelar, you are able to find the tuning fork. You find it okay. under a bunch of books. The only reason you were able to pick up on it was because the tail end of it was sticking out. So no wonder she had a hard time finding it. Rolled the lowest. Ah, Fairsighted, right? Yep. Yep. Zernith. Yes. <laughs> you see, in a, as you went to go look in like an area that was kind of stacked up, you see eyes looking at you. Tiny little eyes. And then a little creature comes out. It is a tiny mouse. A white and gray mouse. It just kind of stares at it. <laughs> if Steve was here, it would not live. It would be dead. Ooh. Or he kind of goes up. Or, Pips, there you are. She picks up the little mouse and with a glee, places the mouse on her shoulder. The mouse kind of taps her cheek with his little um, nose and she kind of pats him lightly on the head. Thank you for finding him. Uh, Tea, you're familiar? Welcome. Oh, yes. 
Pips is a very curious individual. Tap, she's uh, my familiar. Oh, looks at the weasel. Short for kind Ricky. Of, kind of put, takes Pips and puts Pips in her bag. Oh, don't worry. I would definitely, I would not allow Tabby to hurt your, your familiar. I, she is very well behaved. Yes. Um, just to be safe, though, I think Pips needs to stay here till I know um, how he decides to interact with her. Of course. Um, okay. Um, oh, you found the tuning fork. She looks at Bastilar. Uh, y yes, yes, I have. All right. He hands Are it you on. all ready? Um, I did have a question, actually. Uh, sure. Um, we appreciate you getting us there, but we're a little unsure on how to get back. Oh, that's why I'm coming with you. For the whole journey? Huh? This could take quite a while. And are you prepared for the severity of the area we're going to? Oh, well, I know that you guys are going to Avernus and there's this whole war thing going on, but I'm mostly there to study the different things of Avernus. You I have don't supplies. They... <laughs> oh, I'm good. Don't worry. Um, the spells you listed when talking to Imzel, they're not very, how should I put it, attacky. Oh, that's because I freeze up during combat. Oh. She kind of like looks to Duray, hmm, kind of giving another individual to protect. Hmm. But don't worry. And with that wave of her hand and a few mutterings of arcane runes, she disappears in front of all of you. It's a good trick. Certainly hope she didn't forget us. I don't think she did the not spell. As if um, on cue, she reappears. I have the ability to cast this at will. Oh, <laughs> that's actually pretty impressive. So impressive. I will not be extra baggage if that's what you think. Besides, it's... how are you expecting to get back? It's just... We're going into a very dangerous area. Yes, unfortunately, the plane shift spell requires me to go there. Well, well. You're very... And I would like to see the state of Altriel. There's a lot of things that I wanted to do there, especially since uh, Rulin Waywalker got stuck stuck there. We also would like to find uh, missing people. So uh, you're with the right group, I guess. Did mm. you pick up on that, Bastelar? He's he's just kind of looking at her like, I don't recognize you. You're not someone I know. From when do you know, Rowan? Oh, she pauses, thinking for a moment. How do you know, Rowan? I served as her apprentice. Are you Bastilar? That I am. She's told me all about you, clapping her hands. I don't believe she's ever mentioned you. Oh, um... A lot of people don't like to mention me because of the, uh, she kind of looks away. You guys also kind of notice she can't seem to stare at you in the eyes. She's a Medusa. <laughs> I'm, uh, not very good at the whole social thing. Mm. That's why I'm here, away from people, so I can research. That's okay, you're not missing much. <laughs> she kind of looks, like, kind of looks assertive. Kind of giving the look, really. <sighs> Well, I hope you, since you're going to be traveling with us, feel comfortable in our party. I don't necessarily have to travel. 
I mean, I could probably just cast the plane shift spell back out, and then um, maybe you guys can reach me through sending spells. Do we have that capability right now? I don't believe we do, unless our friend Imzel happens to have something. Let me check. She opens up her spell book. <laughs> when Basilark did the, like, our friend, Keitha does the quotation, like, kind of gesturing to Basilark, friend. <laughs> quotation mark, air quotes. Imzel side eyes, Keitha. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like I have that spell listed here. Oh, I'm sure you guys will learn it as you go down there. It's not even kind of like stare. <laughs> she like a little looks, bit of a strange plan. Away as um, she looks away and then kind of backs off, like sort of staring is making her nervous. Um, we don't have a way of commute. Kids are kind of noticing the cues goes in front of Zerneth to block the intense stare. Is there any um, way, f I really doubt this, but is there any way for Bastilar to tell if she is what she appears to be? It's yes. not often you have an 18th level spellcaster who looks like a 14 year old. Does that be like a perception role or a um, insight? insight. Mm. Pretty sure I have terrible insight too. None of us have not bad. the means to contact you if we're in Avernus and you are not with us. As far as you could tell, Bastilar. Yeah. She seems legit, which is weird because that is totally not legit. Exactly. So he knows there's something, he just cannot for the life of him figure out what it is. Is so we'll keep, every So while we'll Keeper's going okay? over and blocking Zerdeth, now Bastilar staring. Is everything okay? Kind of like backing away even more from the more eyes. Uh, everything is fine. Maybe Everyone stops staring at her. She's uncomfortable. Bit of a gamble to bank on us learning a spell to contact you when we don't have that in the first place. I'm sure I have something here. I could just send you sending spells. Um, oh. it's something we can learn. Well, why don't I cast time stop and then I can teach you sending? <laughs> I don't like think we'd mind learning it. Um, it's in my spell book. Am I if I copied it into mine? Sure. Is that possible, so, Jessica? It actually is because um, she ends up casting Time Stop. What? What? <laughs> so does this affect everybody? Uh, let me pull up the Time Stop spell. Like I think, is it just her and Imzel and everyone else is paralyzed in time? <laughs> oh, that way just you got your answer there, Basilar. <laughs> just for 12 to 30 seconds. But if you cast time stop at a higher level is a increase the time. Oh, there, there is no higher level. Time stop is a nice level spell. <laughs> time stop is what wizards pull out when they're tired of dealing with you and either just want to leave or set up a kill combo while you're literally unable to take any actions. So it seems a little weird but it seems that she had somehow managed to cast time stop enough to put her imsoul in a frozen in time as Imso copied down her spell book. You guys all of a sudden notice that Imso is finishing copying a spell. Okay. Oh, don't worry, I just stopped time. Oh. Okay, I'm no longer worried about what happens if uh, we travel to Avernus, Taylor. I'm just glad to have me around as well. 
Ah, uh, yes. Unfortunately, I can't cast that for a while. But at least we're able to take advantage of it. Keither rolled her eyes at that. <laughs> Comment with himself. Oh, and the other thing to keep in mind is that um, I really do have to concentrate on it. And since I'm uh, not the best in combat, it tends to not work all the time. I'm just picturing Basilar staring at her with his eye twitching like he... There, there, this is not normal. Like, she has to be, like, some kind of ancient wizard. She's using magic to be young, or she has to be a demon, or she has to be something. Well, we should probably let her concentrate so that we can get Tavernus. Built her off. All right. You guys are ready? Zuna takes a I deep so. breath. As you all stand together in a circle, Ariana taps the tuning forks and casts the plane shift spell. Battle readiness, everyone. We don't know what will be materializing into. Hopefully not into a wall. I don't know the of... The images fade around you as Oriana Tower disappears. The puzzle cube that had held the contract begins to glow hotly, and you all hear a voice whisper that seems to echo with anger. Stop resisting, Altrio. And you all see an image of a city one that is all too familiar to two of our party members. Dore and Rhea both know they are looking at Ultriel before it was dragged into Avernus. As you guys reappear, the first thing you feel is the hot staining air against your senses and the smoky air burning your very eyes. As you blink away the smoke and adjust to the red low light that seem to be everywhere. You find yourselves on a street with crumbled buildings. Few are still standing, and even some are on fire. As you look around, what stands out is the bodies on the streets of armored soldiers, citizens both young and old, and even various fiends. Ori Anna glances up at the sky and quickly scribbles something in her book. You guys hear Pip screeching, squeaking beside her. She then looks at you all. Well, looks like we won't be able to go back with that in the sky. And as you look at where she's pointing, you see hovering above, contrasting the smoky red ever-shifting sky of Avernus, is a giant sphere floating in the sky. The shape is familiar to those who knew as the Companion. Oh. However... The spear is now a dark spear of shifting and ever-moving darkness as it seems to swirl in on itself. Coming from the spear itself is bright blue lightning that seems to strike at different areas of the city. Boom! One hits near a crumbled fortress and not soon after, another boom as one hits 50 feet beside you. As you guys are blinded and deafened for a moment, the very ground starts to rumble and quaking beneath you as you feel the city shifting. You all struggle to keep your balance for a moment. After the raining in your ears dies down, you hear a fenomen's scream and the sound of children's cries close by. Sixty or so feet directly down the street from you, near a still standing structure, you see a figure rush around the corner in a full sprint towards you. You see a middle-aged woman with blonde hair and a long bow and quiver strapped on her back, clutching two toddler children tightly with each arm as she screams once more and shouts, 
No, no, not my babies, please, no. She turns her head briefly to look behind her as you see three figures closing in fast. As they get closer and closer, quickly closing the distance, you make out their rough purple skin, bike snake-like beards, and drawn glaives. You hear their audible sinister laughter and see them smiling and two slightly drooling from the mouth as they continue to gain ground on the woman and her children. Can I attack though the things chasing her? I feel like it's obvious we need the shoosty shoosty now. Yeah. Well, Keith is gonna summon her blade. <laughs> Initiative. Never simple, Initiative. is it? Is there in the size? We have to save them. All right. Up first is Zernith. Zernith size. So I have a question, right? So my bow has a bonus when I'm not in direct sunlight. <laughs> is there direct sunlight here? It's <laughs> a good question, actually. Does, does, does hell have a sun? Does the companion count as a sun? Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to roll that. I mean, that's what I'm going to do, but... <laughs> Yeah, so the companion uh, wouldn't count as the sun because it's not emitting sunlight. Good news, Zenith, you found your summer home. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hot, though. <laughs> yes, okay, winter, you guys winter are home. sweating, by the way, already. A blue dragon, I'm used to this. My you, people you, live a in lot deserts. Of, you all, you, a lot of you have a familiar sense that you're going to get tired of each other's stink for a while. <laughs> Quick question. Does the my fire resistance slightly negate this? What, heat? Yeah, that I'm not sweating balls. Well, you would resist it more than most, but you still would be sweating a little bit. Yeah. Um, anyway, Zernith, what are you doing? Uh, I'm attacking with my bow. Which one are you attacking? Oh, good question. Um, one second. I figure I'll attack the one that's directly in my straight path. Yeah, okay. So... One of the things you guys will notice is that a light suddenly springs out from Lulu all around her. Is it a good light? <laughs> it's, um, those who would know it, it's the light spell. Um, okay, so you rolled the hit. So I have also a question. So the so the extra bonus to my attack roll, so it also counted towards damage? Or is it just the roll? Uh, what does it say? So the dark ice is a plus one bonus to attack rolls, bonus doubled when not in direct sunlight. So bonus doubles um it says to attack rolls so not, not damage. damage rolls okay yeah um so that is a hit and you did 11 piercing damage is there any other damage to that nope that's that's it um a magic bojo i'm guessing just typical magic one second i just want to check something okay he's still within my good range yeah because i don't have hunter's mark cast oh okay yeah so just regular damage all right as uh, you go to hit it with your arrow, it hits into the arm. He kind of like gets flamed back and tries to take the arrow out. And she readies her second shot. All right. That would be a 15 instead of a 14. But... Um, so that hits as well. Uh, eight piercing. All right. So the second shot as he's trying to take the arrow out seems to hit his hand where he's trying to take the arrow out. He kind of like, uh, uh... kind of like gives like, you, you hear, like, a curse coming from him, but it's in a different language. What language is it in? Infernal. What does it say? It says, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's ready her third shot. All right. And that is another hit. And this one has extra damage. Um, And that's 1d8. 
Oh. Oh. So, it's by the third shot that you're noticing something. Oh, boy. Magic um, bow, isn't it? Um, what you're noticing by the third shot is that he seems to be very focused on you. Like, the children are no longer his interests because he has three arrows in him. You made a friend. He winks and blows a kiss. <laughs> See, Bonnie Duck? Ladies can't resist a man with a beard. <laughs> All right. This is true. He is too generally <laughs> terrified by what's going on to reply. <laughs> so, um, Ori, spellcaster friend, um, casts teleport. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it could actually go that far. That's about 80 feet. Uh, she could actually tug us along for the ride if she wanted to, if it's the version of teleport I'm thinking of. Okay, no. So she's going to cast actually Wall of Force. Yeah. So she's going to create an invisible wall that should help you guys get to these guys. Yeah, from where she is, she can do it easily yeah. and still blocking them. There you go. So you have the 15 feet around him is these flying angelic gnome spirits. Nice. That's all you can do. Alright. <laughs> Next up is the other bearded devil. He's gonna try to go here first because they can't really tell where it ends yet. Alright. And hits into the wall as well when he tried to rush towards them. Alright. Lulu. Lulu kind of like you guys hear in your minds um, her soft voice so she goes oh no the children we really gotta protect the lulu i like lulu it's cute feel like we drew dragged a disney mascot into hell with us kind of did <laughs> we, yeah we, we you we wanted did. to come here um so she's going to fly right up here and touch the mother and cast protection from good and evil keithra you're up all right i guess double movement would make it here. The uh, the orange terrain is that fire, lava? I think it's lava. Going by the other map. Yeah, it's yeah, lava. lava. So it'd be actually difficult. Nothing as calming as a flying elephant and a blue tiefling in hell running up to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, mother is definitely going to have a reaction on her turn. <laughs> Get. Well, luckily get, she rolled a one. Yeah. yeah. Get to Body Knock. She's like pointing. Body Knock will get protect you. If the wall goes down, I'll I'll try to hold them off. Thank you. All right, Imso, you're up. Right now there is a magic wall that won't allow anything to go through magical or otherwise until our young wizard drops her concentration. Yeah. Use my Which, movement to go over. Which I think she's planning to drop it once you guys are all in place. Can I move? Which actually she would probably shout that. She would be like, okay, hurry up, get up there, you guys. Uh, 30 walking, I think. Humans have 30 by default. Yeah, so I can move up to 30? Yep. Yeah. Or so you can do double move. Each square is five feet, so you can move. So double movement six. would be 60, right? Yes. Then you can't do anything five, else except for bonus action. Two, three, four, five, six. Okay. That's as far that's, as I can move. No, no, no. That's one movement because each square is five feet. So you still have your action or you could do another movement. 
I'm gonna do another movement. Yeah. So I move up another six then? Yeah, you can move up to a max of six, but remember, you're a wizard. You're squishy, squishy. Don't Getting a little bit closer. Close. Yeah. So you could like use the lava as a buffer between you and anyone else? Oh, uh, also, can... interesting thing for you, Dore, that statue in the middle is a statue mm -hmm. of Torn. Hey, what's up, my bro? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in hell. <laughs> I don't like this place. <laughs> what happened to my holy city, man? Um, we we elected the wrong bureaucrat. It's a long story. Damn politics. <laughs> All right, Victoria, where are you going? <laughs> I did my movement up just a bit, and I just okay. say to the like the civilians, get into the, get behind us. All right, the last spirited devil is going to now try this spot. We're on to the children's turn, and he's going to hit into a wall too. The boy is going to cling onto his mother. Mom, I'm scared, and then just cling and hold his action till his mom moves. Dore? Howard. Right. Dore is, is going to double move. He'll uh, take a page out of Zernus' book, nod to the woman, give the uh, wink and a smile. I don't want to run that way. We're on your side. Thank you. All right, Bastilar, you're up. Okay, Bastilar kind of crouches down, takes up his heavy crossbow. It starts to illuminate with electric energy as a bolt forms on the bow, and he holds his two attacks until the wall for the wall to drop. Ozondar, likewise, dashes up ahead. As a heads up, um, by the time Ori gets it, it will be the second round, so you'll miss out on that action. Well, he's not going to be able to do anything anyway. <laughs> Alright. Uh, Rhea. She is going to instantly charge all the way. Wow, Rhea's been sprinting. Here. <laughs> she had her Wheaties this morning. Oh, wait, no, it's 60, right? Maybe yeah. I just calculated <laughs> that. I mean, maybe she's fast, but... <laughs> no, it's where you would be. Yeah, she should probably be a square behind me. Yeah, there we go. Maybe Rhea summons her magic horse. <laughs> magic horse, come forth! Um, I don't think she has that yet. So I'm yeah, Ooh, what would be a, a steed in hell? Um, the way the spell works is that you can essentially pimp your own ride. <laughs> Whether or not the spirit that answers, though, is going to be celestial down here is an interesting question. Oh, I forgot the other child in the role. But we'll say she held her action, too. So, Oh, he. They're both boys, actually. Alright, so on to the mother. The mother's going to look at this weird um, elephant that just made her feel calm and protected. Uh, the blue tiefling that came up and said, like, get behind there. Bodynock, who said, come to me, and shimmered with the lovely spiritual weapons. Um, Dore, Rhea, Lazondor, and she kind of like grabs her two kids and it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to take protection, I might as well take it from you guys. And she'll move her kids up. So she is human, so 30 feet. So she'll be able to make it here. All right, Zernith, you're up. All right, well, Zernith is going to hold her action until the barrier drops. It's just right after you, so then you can do your turn. We're back at the top of the round. All right, Ori. Oriana looks, looks around at you guys, shouts, can I drop it? Drop it. Go ahead. All right, she drops the barrier. And as she drops it, she disappears. Oh, that will. And Pips disappears with her. Very well. Right. <laughs> I'm suddenly feeling kind of lonely. So this lovely guy 
Is it is it Zernith's turn? Um, yeah, because he said right after she drops it, right? So how's how's my target looking? Um, he is not looking fun. You definitely damaged him quite well. He has three arrows pointing out of him. Oh, he's definitely looking injured though. Yeah. She can work with this. She's going to take another shot at him. All right. Um, eight piercing. All right, that hits. So now he has a lovely fourth arrow in him. This time, what? In his leg? What do you think? Yeah, sure, I know. Let's go for a full uh, body piercing. Um, so as the arrow hits his leg, he kind of goes a little bit prone to the ground, trying to get that arrow out now. You got your second attack? Yep, she takes another shot. All right. And that is enough to down him. So by the time you do the arrow, how would you like to hit him for the final oh, blow? Oh, boy. Like, where did you want to aim for? Well, straight for the head. Why not? So as you go hit the Keep arrow, um, he it's like he almost realized that it was going for his head. Put up both hands to try and block it, but it gets right between his hands and hits him right in the head and collapses to the ground against the uh, wheelbarrow beat. She takes a she takes a bow and blows a kiss. <laughs> All right, body knock, you're up. Body knock, Lulu is exposed. If you can do anything about that, and then not from this far. So he kind of navigates around the family, get right up next to Dore. He's gonna stay one back because between him and Rhea, they're blocking the the family, and the lava is in the way as well, which kind of pins the devil. So they're the only two targets. His spiritual guardians follow him. Does he do anything else? He's going to hold his action in case they get closer, and his future guardians will hit the devils if they enter his radius. Alright. Next up is the bearded devil. Takes a look. Sees Lulu. Goes for the elephant. Oh, the elephant. No! Alright. So, the devil ends up swinging its beard at Lulu. Oh, that is not a sexy beard. Aww. Some people whip their hair, these guys whip their beards. Ah, and miss it. Yeah! <laughs> Listen to Body Knock! Lulu will... It's now up to Lulu's turn. Lulu's going to take a look around. Hit and run, Lulu, hit and run. Um, and she's going to attack. Um, she's going to cast banish Banishment on it. You banish a devil inside of its home realm? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yes. If the target is native to the plane of existence on, you banish the target to a harmless demi-plane. Yeah. So she's already used that one. Alright, so the target has to succeed on a charisma saving throw. Sorry, I'm learning new spells, guys. <laughs> now I do what makes sense for these characters, so. Charisma saving throw. Ooh, she might have actually achieved it. Oh, yeah. Um, so she casts uh, banishment on it, so a big... Um, light surrounds the creature, and he disappears. Huh. Oh uh, man, what if people cast banishment on us? Oh. <laughs> Back home with you. Oh. That wouldn't <laughs> be so bad. Wow. I'm sad that all my friends are still trapped in hell, but... Keithra, you're... Um... Alright. Oh wait, Lulu would move then. Um, so she's going to move behind. She's going to stay... No, she's going to stay near the people. Alright. To protect them. Good. Good job, Lulu. So, Keithra's gonna point her blade at the last last guy that's... The other guy just went poof. 
And she's gonna Eldritch Blast it. And probably miss on the first one. The other guy you Eldritch Blast? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is a miss. The second one you hit. Awesome. Nice. For seven. a whopping. Yeah, that's seven, right? Because you had your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, six. Because my charisma is uh, plus four. Okay. But it's not as bad as a two, though. That's the important Oh, yeah. it's how much? Seven? No, six. Minus four. Okay. All right. Is she going to back up? Um. You're still on Keithra's turn. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to. Can't really get. Can I. Yeah, this, uh... You can pass through other people's squares as long as you're passing through them. Yeah, because Rhea's going to want to be up, and same with Body Knock. They're more armory, so she's going to go here. So we have a shield wall. Yeah, shield wall. All right. Imso, you're next. Um, if you want to make an arcana check, sure. you can. To understand what um, Lulu just did. All right. So you have read about the spell of banishment, but the one problem is when you banish a target on its plane, it will reappear when the spell ends. It I'm gonna move up 30 feet. So are you gonna tell them that, or are you just gonna keep it to yourself? I tell them. Okay. And I've moved up 30 feet, I'm going to... So Imso, I guess, shouts at you guys, saying that the creature's gonna come back. Is that Understood. what you do? Yes. But is that kind of an action, speaking? No. Okay, it's a bonus cool. action. So I'm... be a free action unless you speak for like 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm gonna cast Ice Knight on the uh, on the uh, goblin, the, the demon. Okay, roll to hit. Adequate. No cold damage. Oh, okay. So there's a dexterity save for it, right? Uh, yeah. Let me bring up the spell again. What? Um, it's a DC 14. He saves, so that means no cold damage gets done against him. Does that make sense? The 1d10 piercing. Yeah. It already rolled your damage for your piercing. Right. Yeah. You just don't get that six cold damage because he saved. Right. Yeah. All right. So the ice knife hits into his chest, but it's almost like the ice melted before it could really hurt him. And he just got the piercing damage from it. It was all that lava, we'll say. One <laughs> of my trips have a bonus action. I already used my bonus action to talk, so... No, no, no. You can use your bonus action. It's a free action if it's not longer than 10 seconds. None of my spells are bonuses for my cantrips, so I think that's all I'll do for now. Alright. Next up is lovely new friend here who is going to rush Dore. And I assume that activates something for Body Knock? Uh, as long as he ends the turn, he has to do a wisdom saving throw, DC 13. Okay. Um... And he's going to attack Dory with his beard. So he uh, swings his mighty beard. I assume 14 doesn't hit. It does not. So you just step out of the way, avoiding the weird beard. And then he attacks. He attacks with his glaive next. Uh, 18. That is a miss. Oh. Probably bounces off the armor, but it's a miss. So you have a 19 or a 20? 19. Yeah. Nice. All right. So he takes half damage if he succeeds. And he takes full damage if he fails. It's a dex save, he said? Wisdom. Wisdom, okay. Um, so he succeeds. Okay, so he just takes seven damage. Radiant. Ness. So you guys see a mighty gnome hit, uh, <laughs> spiritual gnome hit him. 
the hammer. Is it there more than one spiritual gnome, or is it just one? There's a whole flurry of them. All right, on to the kid's turn. The kid is still really terrified, but Rhea beside him is trying to calm him down, and then kind of, like, whispers to him, go behind your mother. So the kid listens and goes behind the mom. Dore? Looks like you need a shave, friend. Dore will uh, cast Face Lash. <laughs> right. He rolled to hit. Yep. Yeah, there. Hadouken. I think that hits. I just gotta double check. Yeah, that hits. Nothing special about it. Just mundane seven slashing. Um, I do have one thing I have to ask you though. Mm -hmm. Is your sword silvered or magical? No, no it is not. All right, you attempt to lop off its beard, but it doesn't seem to cut through as strongly. That's okay. I am just being a big old meat tank, so I will attempt to give him another trim. All right. Ooh, that's a good hit. That's definitely a hit. Uh, once again, it doesn't seem to chop it off as effectively as you wish. <laughs> uh, I better stick with the day job. I'm not much of a barber. It's almost like trying to shave with a dull razor, it feels like. All right, Bastilar, you are up. Unless you move, Dore. Nope, I'm going to stick right there and be a big old meat wall. All right. Bastilar gets in position and issues Ozondor to head out behind the creature. 5, 10, 20, 25. Ozondor goes in for a bite <coughs> and does force damage. So that does count as magic. Uh, this time I should have been using Holy Bite. Oh, Ooh. Still alive? Yes. First shot. Okay, uh, and that's the second also one. Also magic. Alright. Still alive. Still standing. Second shot. He is not standing. How did you want this to go? <laughs> oh, Ozondor. Basilar takes the first shot while Ozondor's running up. He kind of takes it to the shoulder. Ozondor bites him in the back of the leg. He turns and takes an arrow right through the side of his head. Collapses to the ground. Ozondor proceeds to start ripping limbs off and throwing them around. Dougie? I assume no movement. With it dead, Ozondo will go five more feet just to where the other creature is going to come back up. Bastilar will kind of circle around. Five, ten, fifteen. Now it's the waiting game. The other boy is going to go behind his mother as well. And then Rhea is going to go join uh, Ozondar and get ready in a fighting stance. The mother is actually readying her bow to where everyone else is standing. And now we're back to the top of the round. Xerneth. She's gonna hold her action until she can see an enemy. All right, um, Ori is still invisible. Body knock. To, to the casters, how long does banishment take to wear off? One minute. Or so Lulu still can drop this... concentration, which I was gonna make her do. Okay. Yeah, it's a concentration spell. Body knock. <laughs> Since Ozondor and Rhea are blocking him from the front so he can't get to the family, Odinok's going to circle around. His spiritual guardians are going to follow. Right. Well, it's going to be a murder party when it appears. Yeah. Um, <laughs> holds up his mace and he's holding his action, just like Ozondor and just like Rhea. Yeah. Rhea is holding and the mother's holding and... Um, technically, it's the devil's turn, but it can't do anything. Then Lulu kind of looks at everyone. Ready? Ready. Red. And mm. drops her concentration as the very confused devil reappears. Alright. So, I think body knock. Um, wait, no. Zernith was first to hold action. So, Zernith, you go. Alright, well, she's just gonna fire her bow. 
The gentle, welcome back. <laughs> welcome to die. Oh yeah, that definitely hits into him. And you get another attack, or no? Mm-hmm. All right, that hits. Um, next up to hold their action, I believe was, let me look at the order here, Body Knock. Okay, Body Knock just has the one swing of the mace at the back of the creature's ankle. I think the only reason he's going to hit is because of the advantage he gets. What advantage? He's flanking. flanking. Oh, yes, that is right. 17. Yep, so that hits. And since the creature technically ended his turn inside of the spiritual guardian, <laughs> does that go? No, he ended his turn in the other plane of existence. True. Ah, that's fair. Yeah. So on its turn, it'll take the damage. Um, and that's it for holding actions, actually. Yep. We all know Ori's useless, so... She's <laughs> uh, still has her turn, though, so she's going to fly up and attempt to skewer this guy with her tusk. Oh, it's a little tiny skewer. Mm. A skewy. It does, uh, five damage. Lulu, you uh. gotta stay back. You have too much to live for. I got <laughs> this. I used to fight devils all the time. See, I told you it was Lulu the Devil Slayer. Aw. Keithra, you're up. Alright. Yeah, I'm just gonna cast. If I can. Okay. Your target looks very damaged. Okay, that's the first one hit. Yes. And the, the second, second one misses. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be eight damage. Yeah, I already took that off. Anything else? Um, no. That's my turn. All right, Imsel, you're up. Imsel's gonna move up just a bit. She's gonna use the firebolt cantrip, and because of her special thing, potent cantrip, um. She has the potent cantrip special effect as well, so I'll cast that. All right, um, that is definitely a hit. Um, no save, I see there. What does potent cantrip do? Yeah. Uh, sixth level, your damaging cantrips affect even creatures that avoid the brunt of the effect. When a creature succeeds on a saving throw against your cantrip, the creature takes half cantrip damage, if any, but suffers no additional effect from the cantrip. Can you click on potent okay. cantrip for a sec? Because it's kind of important to determine if this works or not. Even creatures to avoid the brunt of the effect. Alright, I'm going to need another DM's thought on this. This, if, this hel- if that helps. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense now. Alright, thank you, Sean. Um, I know my devils. Yep. So, you go to cast the fire, and the fire seems to do nothing. He just kind of looks like you just gave him a really warm bath. Imsel does research demons, because I didn't think of this myself. Would she know this? Well, you now know it. Maybe she just wanted to test to make sure for future reference. Research. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take that as a thingy. Mm-hmm. So next up is the kid. The kid's going to do nothing. Um, just stay behind his mom. Dore, you're up. Alright, let's move into a flank with Lulu, and uh, let's go for the shave. Alright. determined to make this work. I say, these are some lazy kids. Doing nothing. Well, they're more like crying and cleaning on their mother. Yeah. <laughs> they're in heaven. Jeez, I, I severely half-assed that attack. Yeah, um, it still does a little bit of damage, but once again, not as effective. Well, yeah. let's, uh, let's keep hacking away, I guess. Alright, second attack. Once again, wow. 
Yeah, not the best luck there, huh? I'm rolling ones tonight. That is the thing that is happening. That was two minimum damages. Well, you did uh, four an attack damage. that only hit because I was flanking and uh, one actual botch. Yeah. Yikes. All right, Bastilar, you're up. Let Doggo have a eating chance first. <laughs> that does not end well. Nope, Doggo seems to um, be still distracted by the other body. That's fair. It's okay, Doggo. Happens. All right, how would you like this one to go down? <laughs> I'd say it's just he gets the thirst well special. Bastilar takes a shot, hits it in the back of the shoulder, hits him in the front. Oh, he'd be facing Duray. So hit him just in the back of the left shoulder, and it just explodes <laughs> off of him, gore spattering Duray. Oh, yeah. Um, the funniest part is he is under five damage. So, yes, it was the thirst well special. <laughs> Jeez. The Duray just hears, oh, sorry about that. Um, oh, just gonna wipe this off. Hmm. Excuse me, ma'am, are you okay? Um, oh my god, thank god you guys are here. And we're going to end it there. Okay, that concludes today's presentation. Thank you very much for listening and tuning in. If you would like to support us, please uh, check us out at uh, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.